This week we talk about child labor laws in the North Pole. Welcome everybody to Rebooted! The podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week we talk about the 1994 family fun classic, The Santa Claus, starring Tim Allen, Eric Lloyd, David Krumholtz, Wendy Crewson, and Judge Reinhold. I love this movie. I, I, <laughs> it's, I mean, it feels like it's very down the lane for Kenna, like... Mega 90s. Mm-hmm. It has Tim Allen, who ruled America for <laughs> pretty much eight years of our lives. Um, it's still, it still hits for me every time. I laughed watching the movie. I laughed picking out clips. I laughed. Like, there are so many things where I'm like, this is timeless for me. I think this is such a funny, underrated Christmas classic. Santa? Scott Calvin. How come your clothes are so baggy? Because Santa is watching his saturated fats. How come you don't have a beard? Because I shaved. Do you want this doll or not? Go back to sleep. You're supposed to drink milk. Look, I am lactose intolerant. And I am just about this close to taking all those presents back to the chimney with me. Supposed to drink that milk. Shut your eyes. Welcome, everybody, to Rebooted, a movie podcast where I, your host, Brian Flynn, along with my co-host, Kenna Trent, will take a classic movie and reboot it as if it was to be remade today. It is Christmas time. Um, It's our last part of the year. Yeah. And looking back, I got to say, we crushed it. Six episodes in 12 months. <laughs> yeah, we did really nail we it. We nailed it. Um, it's been a rough year, guys. It's been it's been <laughs> crazy for everybody. Um, so, uh, yeah, we wanted to just sort of just do a really fun, funny, slapsticky. I almost said stupid. It's not stupid. It's, 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 stupid. it's so stupid, but in a good way. Um, yeah. And, and just sort of kind of round out the holiday season with just some fun, goofy cheer. Uh, yeah, we're talking about 1994's The Santa Claus, and we're going to take this movie and recast it as if it was to be remade today. Before we do that, we like to talk about some reboot news that generally hits the trades. Um, today, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, we have some news, definitely, but we're going to talk about some news, and then we're going to talk about some remakes that are mm-hmm. in cinemas and are about to be in cinemas. Yes. So uh, here's the first news item we got. Aquafina. This is today. This happened today? Um, This ha- uh, this came out yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So Aquafina to join Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage in Universal's Renfield. Um, this is from Deadline. Aquafina is set to join Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage in Universal's Renfield, a monster movie centered on Dracula's familiar henchman with Holt playing the title role. No word on what Aquafina's role would be. Tomorrow, the Tomorrow War director Chris McKay is on board to helm the pick, which is based on an original story outline from Robert Kirkman, creator of The Walking Dead. Ryan Ridley wrote the script. Cage will play Dracula. Nicholas Cage will play Dracula. It's honestly genius. Like, I think there was, I think 
casting Nicholas Holt coming off of like the first season of The Great, I was like, oh, I think this is going to be a little cheeky. Mm-hmm. And then they hit us with this. And I'm like, this is going to be a wild ride. Maybe Nicolas Cage sent the uh, message that it was just, it was going to be a little weird. And then also casting Aquafina, I'm like, oh no, it's going to be a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Nick Cage news broke like earlier this week or sometime last week. And I immediately texted it to all of my friends. The reaction to Nicolas Cage <laughs> playing Dracula is off the charts. One of This is one of the most brilliant casting news uh, in a long time. And we've cast Dracula before many, many years ago. It's very mm-hmm. hard. It's but- like if you look up the movie Dracula on Google, there's like a list on the sidebar of like actors who have played Dracula. And it's so long. Right. I... um. I think fans of Nick Cage's were immediately just thinking about uh, Vampire's Kiss. Mm. Have you seen that? Um, I have only seen clips of it. It's almost unwatchable. (laughs) Honestly, the movie is garbage. But man, are there some fucking gems from Nick Cage. How could somebody misfile something? What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just... Put it in the right file, according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z! Huh? That's all you have to do! And, and, and we don't have to talk too much about Nick Cage. I think everyone here, you know, listening knows about what kind of actor this man is and the kind of lengths he will go creatively mm-hmm. in any sort of performance like i recently watched his last two new movies mm-hmm. uh ghostland and pig and i couldn't pick two wildly different performances like <laughs> pig is very good pig is very good um ghostland not so much but like what what nick cage are we getting here you've seen that like famous like nick cage graph yeah right where are we where are we on the Nick Cage graph? I mean, it's either going to go two ways. He's either going to be like brilliantly funny or whatever he does is just going to be insane, which is so probably on tone with what's happening <laughs> that it's perfect. So I really don't know. But I'm excited to see it. Oh, man. This is a slam dunk. Like, whoever is responsible yep. for this cast. Whoever got him to do this. <laughs> holy shit. Enjoy your Christmas break because you, you've you done it. You've, you've, you've succeeded for 2021. I can't wait, too, for, like, the... Um the like press tours when people are going to ask his co-stars like what it was like working with Nicolas Cage and getting those responses through very like coded <laughs> like I, I can imagine it being one of those things where you're like oh he was he was great brilliant, um, super nice brilliant guy which I love and respect Nicolas Cage just because like what he's continued to do, even after I think his reputation kind of faltered, I think is still really brilliant. Like he's doing small movies, mm-hmm. things that interest him um, and not necessarily catering to the blockbuster things that I'm sure he gets offered. Um, 
so yeah, proud proud of him. We're <laughs> this is gonna be great. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Um, okay, anything else on Dracula? I mean, how much can we actually say about it? I mean, we get it. I I hesitate to say the words dark universe, but dark universe. Well, here's the thing: they are making the um. The Wolfman. The Wolfman. I just kept wanting to say the werewolf movie. <laughs> <laughs> they are making the Wolfman. And I think the shift from like, we need a cinematic universe to let's just like see what we can do within the space could be the better move. Mm-hmm. And then see if like it naturally flows. I don't know. Um, okay, should we talk about reactions? Yeah. Reboot reactions. Let's do it. Let's start with Ghostbusters that uh, was released maybe like two, two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, directed by Jason Reitman. Mm-hmm. Um, was supposed to be just because like. I hate calling it female Ghostbusters, but the previous Ghostbusters reboot. Answer, you, let's say 2016 Ghostbusters. 2016 Ghostbusters. What's it? Answer the call it was like a moniker they stuck in at the end, like later during. The oh, movie. as it's like code <clears throat> name. Yeah. So Afterlife, which is the movie that came out yes. recently. And then Ghostbusters Answer the Call, which is the 2016 Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, that the earlier Ghostbusters was not liked by many people did not love. I enjoyed it. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember very much enjoying it. Um, knowing that it's not supposed to be like OG Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. This, first of all, spoiler alert. I'm assuming we're going to talk about. Yeah. Heavy spoilers. Look, if you don't want to know anything about Ghostbusters Afterlife, just fast forward a couple minutes. Um, but. Yeah, this was just way more heavy on the nostalgia and picking up from the previous films. Mm-hmm. What are what were your first impressions? Um I my first impression so I saw this movie twice. I literally saw it yesterday cuz I had to kill time. I, okay. I had nothing to do. Um I, okay, when I first saw it, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was like this is great. I think it did kind of tread more into uh, nostalgia bomb force awakens and mm-hmm. less like this is a ghostbusters comedy yeah i think there's two ghosts in this movie very light on the ghosts um in terms of like how many ghosts are they catching it's like right they catch one ghost and then like a horde of ghosts appears yes you know similar to very I mean, almost identical to the first movie mm-hmm. um yeah I, I was very positive about it i thought cast was really great like i thought mckenna grace for her age carried this fucking movie mm-hmm. um having paul rudd in there helped i don't know what finn wolfhard really was doing like his story was just kind of like boy likes girl and i was like eh, yeah fine whatever um but generally overall i liked it upon the second viewing you know i still laughed at the same spots but i i, I just sort of was like this is a Ghostbusters movie for the fans who cried and whined and and <laughs> for everyone who just ruined it. <laughs> kind of kind of didn't give 2016 a shot. Um and I think people enjoy it because they got to see their heroes 
come back. I know I was just like, holy shit, like this is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I know I, as a fan of both the original two movies, I this is like exactly what I wanted to see. It did take a while to get there. I I was never one to hate 2016's Ghostbusters. Yeah. My two concerns, my two qualms with it were like, the beginning is too long. And why does this need to be in a different universe? Like, Mm. like those and those problems seem to be tied together because it's like if you set it in the in the universe of Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Harold Ramis and Ernie Hudson. um, You don't have to do the heavy work of explaining what ghosts are and what a proton pack is and that, you know, don't cross the streams, yada, yada, yada. But they didn't do that. They were like, hey, let's retread this science exposition and Mm -hmm. i was like you don't really need to do that yeah please don't actually actively don't do it yeah other than that i thought it was i thought it was fine (laughs) i you know like um what were your thoughts um i really liked ghost new ghostbusters i think initially i was not at all interested in seeing it i don't think the trailer sold its charm and so i was like honestly i think i might just like skip it but then my whole family saw it on Thanksgiving and everybody was like, oh, we really enjoyed it. And so I was like, okay, maybe I should check it out. Guys, this is kind of stupid. Are you sure you didn't see like a raccoon or like a possum? There! Is that a free floating metal muncher? Definitely class five. Okay, uh, what do we do? Let's get off. What? Let me get a photo first. A gunner seat? Go, go, go! Wait, your whole family saw it without you? And then you went later? (laughs) Well, I'm not with my family on Thanksgiving. Oh, I thought thought you were home for Thanksgiving. And they were like, we're all going to go to a family movie and see (laughs) Ghostbusters. And you were like, not for me. Thanks, you. I'm going to stay here and eat pie. No, I, first of all, I hate pie. Um, Second of all. (laughs) And family movies. (laughs) Second of all, I was not in Kentucky. My whole family went to see it and... I was like, well, if everybody universally agreed that it was good, I was like, maybe I should check this out. I thought it was very well done. I think the first part I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. They're like bringing Harold Ramis like into the Mm -hmm. story. But like we're not doing like weird things with him in order to be like, look, it's him. Um, So for me, it did get a little icky at the end because I think anytime we're using somebody who has died there. Their image. Their image. It just feels odd. But I liked that he didn't talk. Me too. If he said a word, I would be like, ugh. That just got old. But I think it's overwhelmingly like a very charming movie. Yeah. And I don't think they sold it that way, which is so sad because I did really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, And it was like fun. I thought the way that they brought in old Ghostbusters was great. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was just... It was nice. It was, yeah, I, I, I just think as like a, a standalone movie, it was really well done, really mm-hmm. well acted. I have a friend who hated it. Really? Hated it. He thought it was too corny and dumb. He hated podcasts. He, hated, he was just like, <laughs> I don't care about this family. I don't care. Like, 
he was just so sour on it. And then I have another friend who's like a Ghostbusters freak. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I've seen it three times. I cried all three times. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this new Matrix, which is coming out in a few weeks. Oh my gosh. And the new trailer dropped recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one really knows what the fuck this story is. No, absolutely not. Um, if you've seen the Matrix trilogy, you'll know that... We did one of them on this podcast. We we did. We did the second one. <laughs> we did which the was, Matrix too. <laughs> which is which was wildly fun to do a sequel. Um yes. the there was closure, right? Again, spoiler alert, Neo, the chosen one, defeats the machines. Mm-hmm. The Matrix sort of still remains, but it's like there will be peace amongst the machines. Yeah, and humans they reboot and the Matrix. They reboot the Matrix. The and architect then, and the Oracle. Oracle. And then Neo, played by Keanu Reeves, dies. Trinity, played by Carrie Ann Moss, dies. (laughs) Morpheus, played by Lawrence Fishburne, lives. And now we have this movie. Yeah, 15 years later. 15 years later, where (laughs) Morpheus is played by a different actor. Yes. And Neo and Trinity seem to be alive. Yes. And have different names and, like... Keanu's called Thomas well, in that's, the trailer. That's his name. Thomas Sanders. Is name. his name? Mm-hmm. Neo oh, is like a nickname. You're right. Oh, man. I, I forget um, the Matrix. <laughs> I definitely, when I first saw the trailer, was like, wait a second. How did the last movie end? And I went back to look at it, and I was like, yeah, I really don't understand what's happening. Jesus. Like, like, they are, everything is finished. And the thing is... I don't have a lot of faith in this movie, honestly, because two and three revolutions Mm -hmm. and reloaded than revolution reloaded the revolutions are like the failed continuation of what like the just the Matrix is like the Matrix is such a good movie. Mm -hmm. And then two and three really like took us on a journey that got very like very confusing and and muddled. Correct. Remember Um, the key, the key master. Yeah. And the French guy? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Monica Bellucci. Oh, boy. It's so... Here's the thing. Rastafarian (laughs) albinos. I'm I'm totally into The Matrix. Like, nothing will stop me from going to see this movie. You will Mm -hmm. have to physically restrain me to not go... To not be there opening day. I'm there. I love Keanu Reeves probably more than a lot of people in my life. (laughs) But... At the same time, I'm like, I I have no idea what I'm buying into. And so it feels very much like we're going to experience something that it's like, oof, why did we do this? My worry is is like fully like political because since the Matrix has come out, the whole like red pill, blue pill bullshit. That's is very true. Like, like so wrapped up in this QAnon nightmare that mm-hmm. I'm just worried. Like, I, I do worry that like... It's Lana Wachowski, right? Because it's only one of them now. Is yeah, it's direct. just Lana. It's just Lana. Yeah. Like, she has to be aware of the of this, right? Like, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see like what they do with that whole concept now that it's like been sort of yeah acquired by a lot of sort of. But it's interesting because they feature the pills pretty prevalently in the trailer. And so there is a part of me that's like, I wonder if all of this is flipping the script on like 
what we think we know, like the new Matrix being something entirely different than old Matrix. Yeah. Set and setting, right? Oh, no. It's all about set and setting. After our first contact went so badly, we thought elements from your past might help ease you into the present. Nothing comforts anxiety like a little nostalgia. Why no Lawrence Fishburne? This is that's what's like. It's a good question. I mean, am I complaining that Yahya Abdul Mateen the second is in this movie? Hundred percent no. <laughs> I will not bite the hand that feeds me. <laughs> but very curious. Yes. All right, you ready to talk about this movie? Yeah. All right, guys. This is our reboot of the Santa Claus. Okay. Now this year, Santa's not going out in a sleigh. This time, he's going total tank. <laughs> Wait a minute. No way. No way Santa's going anywhere without his sleigh. He would if he's trying to sell the total tank. Well, isn't that a pretty picture? Santa rolling down the block in a panzer. Well, kids, I, I certainly hope you've been good this year, because it looks like Santa just took out the Pearson home. It's coming! Oh, and another thing. But what about the reindeer? Reindeer and Santa, Santa and a reindeer, it, it's kind of a package deal. Calvin, you don't believe in Santa, do you? Calvin. Can we get back to the presentation? We're not done yet. Since we've opened this box, have any of you tried to build the total tank? It's got 10,000 parts. And even if you do get it together, it breaks 10 minutes later. Then you got to spend more money just to buy new parts. Well, I thought that was the whole point. No, 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 no. What we got to do is develop a, a basic, simple, inexpensive toy that will nurture a child's creative thinking. Calvin. Here, try the brown one. Here's something about this movie that stuck out to me, which is kind of the thing that made me love it is I wasn't ready for the amount of like body horror that they play <laughs> in this movie. It's like as he's like transforming into Santa Claus, mm -hmm. it did, it felt like there was a little tinge of like, oh, in real life, this would be fucking horrifying to turn into Santa Claus. Like, and I was like, I think we need more of that. I think we need like a Cronenberg-esque <laughs> level of body horror <laughs> paired with paired with the focus that this little boy might be going fully insane <laughs> <laughs> it is i think you're right and the way the way they play it is so obtuse because like he goes to see the doctor about a very alarming change in his weight and his hair and the doctor's just like I don't know like <laughs> actually the joke is when he's like well my hair's going white and he's like I don't know diet and you should diet he's <laughs> right. chubby too and I just I love that because I'm like oh 100% I think too on that line like the way that Scott first bulks against like i did not go to the north pole i'm not santa claus calm down the way then that like even in this scene where he is like full-on like oh no 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 i know what christmas is like the elves need specks on their cheeks and all that business it happens so quickly like one minute <laughs> he's like denying it completely and fully ready to send his son like down the river being like he's crazy we didn't do anything and then that flip happens so quickly for him the beats play like a werewolf movie yeah. like he's bit <laughs> by a werewolf and then the morning after he's like wow I had a wild fever dream and yeah. then it's like claw marks on his body and then he's like <laughs> 
hiding hair, except and shaving it's satin except pajamas, <laughs> satin pajamas, and a penchant for sugar cookies. I um, I yeah, I think it was great, and um, it's so weird that this was Tim Allen's first leading role, mm-hmm. and he really did. I mean, he's still he's been on TV for the last like forty years, but he yeah. really did for a time own the nineties. Yeah. Home Improvement uh, was a 90s star maker. Oh, man. Lest we forget yeah. JTT. The Santa Claus was directed by John Pasquin, director of such movies as Jungle to Jungle. Oh, hell yeah. Mi- we have to do Jungle to Jungle <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, Miss Congeniality 2. <gasps> and Armed ba- and Dangerous. Armed and Dangerous. And basically like every Tim Allen project ever. Like oh, he directed a bunch of his comedy specials, Home Improvement episodes, Last Man Standing episodes. I think huh. he's been pretty tied to Tim Allen's hip. Interesting. Throughout uh, his career. Um, Stars Tim Allen as Scott Calvin, a.k.a. Santa Claus. Eric Lloyd as Charlie. Dave Krumholtz as Bernard. Bernard or Bernard? Bernard. Bernard. Yeah. Uh, Wendy Krusen as Laura and Judge Reinhold as Neil. Um, Yeah. uh, So why don't we just jump into it and talk about uh, Scott Calvin's character. Um, Yeah. Scott really goes on a journey. (laughs) Like, there's a point in this movie where... So he and his wife are divorced. They have a son, Charlie. And at the beginning of this movie, as far as we can tell, Scott is a terrible dad. Like, he is succeeding at work, clearly. But (laughs) in a truly tragic moment, practically to his face, Charlie is like, I hate it here at his dad's house. (laughs) And he's like, when can I leave? Um, so he's not doing great. (laughs) It brings us to one of my favorite scenes as well, which is, um, the dads at Denny's who all. (laughs) Oh, the sad dad room at Denny's. That was so funny. They're all wearing the exact same, like, tan. One of them has his hand is like. (laughs) Coffee? No, thank you, Judy. (laughs) What do you say we start out with? Cold glasses. A delicious seasonal favorite, eggnog. I don't like eggnog. We're out. Coffee, decaf. Mm-hmm. All chocolate milk, please. We're out. Plain milk's fine. Okay. At least we know they got hot apple pie. We did. Mm-hmm. He is failing at being a father. But then, when he becomes Santa Claus, everything sorts of what are words? Everything sort of turns around. And all of a sudden, like he is experiencing relationship with his son like he never has before until his ex-wife thinks that he is insane and influencing their son in terrible ways. And so they <laughs> so decide to dark. take away visitation it's rights so from him to the point where when he t- quote unquote takes Charlie when they go to the North Pole, there is a there is an APB out for this man. The only thing happening on Christmas Eve is they are looking for Scott Calvin. The shot at the courtroom when the judge is like reading this like heartbreaking verdict that it's like, I have no other choice but to like relinquish cust- like visitation rights. And then the camera like pans in on the forlorn Santa Claus and you're like, this is so <laughs> fucking weird. This is so weird. Um, it's great. I, I, um, I thought recasting this was a joy because there, there could be 
several different people to play Santa Claus. I going through this IMDb trivia, literally everyone under the sun was considered for the coveted role of <laughs> Scott Calvin. Oh yeah, they asked everybody, and uh, uh, I'm assuming nobody wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that in mind, I chose an actor uh, who I really like, who I weirdly met. So I can say, is he a friend of the pod? Sure, why not? <laughs> And has a penchant for taking pretty much any role that's offered to him. Oh, wow. I picked Joel McHale. Oh, wow. That's really good. Thank you. That's really good. Yeah, I think I think the difficult thing about casting this is that if you were just straight up like, we're casting Santa Claus, it's like, oh, okay, I get the directive. Little tummy, rosy cheeks. Uh-huh. Blah, blah, blah. But like, Scott turning into santa claus totally different because he is like a corporate bachelor yeah kind of that speech At first yeah the scene where he they're like giving a speech and he just like first of all he ripped the microphone out of his partner's hand yeah come on scott little douchey but then like commenting on like the clear office infidelity going around was oh like oh my gosh the secretary chill, sitting Scott. on his boss's lap. Yeah. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, call it out in the appropriate manner. Not right, in right. front Take of Take it everybody. to HR. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I don't think he's, he was not someone who was on my list, but I think that makes a lot of sense. And it would be really funny to see him turn into Santa Totally. Claus. Totally would be so funny to see him turn into Santa Claus, especially in my vision, which is just like pure body horror. Yep. But like. Also, he's a literal giant. He's he's a he's tall man. He's so tall. He's a tall man. Yeah, I just think it would be really funny to watch him go through this transformation. There was a scene in the movie, I think the scene I'm thinking about is like when they first bring the concept of taking away visitation. Mm. And Tim Allen is kind of like gives this performance where he like storms out of the room because like I, I this is a trope that kind of never gets old is like paternal parent uh, biological parent hates step parent right and i i just think that like that particular scene to me was like this is this is what joel McHale is born to do is to really like shit on neil in front of his son (laughs) it's also very much like the snark that comes at him it's fully one of those like this is for the grown-ups who came Mm -hmm. with their kids to see because of the way he absolutely trashes him um yeah, I think that's a really fun choice. Thank I you. can absolutely see him doing this. Thank you. Who did you pick? Um, I picked for my Scott Calvin, Jason Sudeikis. Very good choice. I think when it came to the transition from, <laughs> I almost said human to Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> As if Santa Claus is like a beast. <laughs> um, <laughs> when it comes to his transition to Santa Claus, like I can see Jason Sudeikis being a guy who's sort of like caught up in his own world and trying to live the bachelor life and then becoming like the sweet, very serious about Christmas kind of Santa Claus guy. Mm-hmm. Come on, listen, there's a, there's a lot of kids out there, okay? Millions of kids. They they all they all believe in me. They're counting on me, Charlie, and I. I'm not gonna let them down. I got a lot of work to do. So I can't be selfish either. You gave me a wonderful gift, Charlie. Listen, a wonderful gift. 
You believed in me when nobody else did. You helped make me Santa. Also because, like, I don't know, we get some of that sort of relationship drama in um, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso with his son, yeah. And it is really, like, I think the way that he sells it is so heartbreaking that I was like, oh, I, yeah. I would cry for this man if his wife was like, I think you need to get help. I'm going to take <laughs> your son now. I uh, I will give you a standing ovation if you also cast Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you oh, a full standing. Oh my face. gosh, that would be hilarious because I imagine I imagine he's a very nice man. Never met him. Maybe you don't even want to, but you never meet your heroes. But I imagine that he probably says things about Harry Styles. <laughs> I would if I was like a not that Harry's not a grown person, but like if I was like if I was Jason Sudeikis, I would be so upset by. I think like the shift. Not that I'm telling him what to do, but it's very odd. It's very odd. Which I don't blame Olivia Wilde's. At any age, if Harry Styles was interested, I'd be like, whew. Right. Absolutely. But uh, I think it's a great choice. And I think what's great about this is that Jason Sudeikis is sort of, you know, there there are like rumors about Sudeikis being kind of uh a ladies man probably not one to i mean i don't this is all rumor but Mm. like i don't know what happened between him and olivia wilde i've heard that it might have been his transgressions which had led which led her to leave um but for some reason he's still like at the peak of like we fucking love this dude yeah like i think ted lasso is like has really made him a fucking icon so i think it's I think it's a great choice. Um, Shall we move on to Charlie? Oh, Charlie. Played by Eric Lloyd. Fun trivia fact. Went to my college. Oh, really? Uh, A couple, I I think a year younger than me. Oh. At at school. And I like, (laughs) I I was never friends with him. I think I saw him around a couple times. Uh Obviously, he doesn't look like an eight-year-old boy. Right. Of course. Um, So I was always like, is that but um i was trying to remember if i had dreamed this <laughs> this fact huh. and so i texted friends i was like this the kid from the santa claus went to school with us right and one of my friends was like yes not only that he's in my friend's frat and is like the little bro to like an acquaintance of mine <laughs> okay like, okay what <laughs> so he rushed uh I forget what the letters are, but Pike, you know, that mm-hmm. fraternity, which at the time was the worst fraternity, like just oh, well, by fine. reputation. It wasn't my college, too. I was <laughs> I'm like, sure they got yikes. kicked off campus. Um, which is funny because I have, I like, you know, I'm friends with Pikes apparently, but but I didn't know them during that time. But like, mm-hmm. it was just, it's just funny to be like, oh, cool. He grew up and became Pike. <laughs> like, but. Oh, I am sure someone like even like vaguely related to any sort of like hollywood thing yeah. like people try to rush them so hard yeah yeah it was a big get i remember sae also terrible frat mm-hmm. and like the delts were all trying to like land santa claus kid as just like clout <laughs> yeah um but that was to just a little fun him. fact um but his performance in this movie is very charming yeah he on the level of like precociousness he sits on that very fine line where it's not too much, 
Because sometimes it can be. Yeah. And I hate an overly precocious kid <laughs> in a movie. Um, but he, I think he's he's perfectly cast. This is hard. It's always hard to pick kids because yeah. as soon as you discover them, they're immediately thirteen. And you're like, <laughs> cool. So who did you pick? Which I mean, my uh, Charlie is a little bit older than nine, which is what mm-hmm. uh, what he was in the movie. Um, but I just think on the level of like cute, fun kids who still look fairly young. Um, cause we love to exploit a slightly older child, mm-hmm. um, whose parents are probably giving them like supplements to keep them small. But I think this, this kid definitely works. I picked Roman Griffin Davis of Jojo Rabbit fame. Yeah. The lead, right? Yes. Jojo. <laughs> Jojo. Um, and he is, I've almost... I saw a trailer for this and then I forgot about it immediately, but he's about to be in that movie Silent Night with Matthew Good and Keira Knightley. It's like a like doomsday Christmas movie. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> that looks very like dark and funny. Okay. And I was like, oh, good for him. Um, anyway, I'm, How old I'm is interested he? to see that. He is 14. I think it'd be interesting to have a teenager still believe in Santa. I mean, 14 looks 10. But again, if the 14 looks 10, again, if like <laughs> people think the kid is going insane. Right. Oh, actually, it would be fascinating to do an older child who's like. Who did believe in Santa yes. and now like goes through this experience and now like fucking knows he's real. And then everyone like makes fun of him and bullies him. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> like he's fully committed to. Um. His belief in Santa. And we know he's correct, but everybody else is like, yeah, he lost it. Yeah. Like he spent one night at his dad's house and things have not been the same. Uh, I think that's a that's a good choice. I tried to stick to the age as best I could. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. I picked an actor named Julian Hillard, who mm. was in The Haunting of Hill House, recently appeared in WandaVision mm-hmm. as the as one of the twins. Um, I just thought that, you know, at least in Hill House with those big, big, dumb glasses, he just kind of looked <laughs> wow, just like, just like kind of a sweet kid that, you yeah. know, <clears throat> that a dad would want to fight for. Not like one of those weirdo <laughs> Not like looking one of those kids. dumb kids. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's again, it's hard picking children, you know, but like in terms of performances, it's like, I think he stood out. In, in the in the stuff that he's been in, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's hard to cast in kids. It is. It is. Like you see kids in movies all the time, but I don't always like remember. Yeah, I don't yeah. always remember them. I literally try to think, mm, what movies did I watch recently that had like children? I know. None. I don't care about kids. Um, Anything else on Charlie? I mean, I, he really looks insane when he's like on the carriage, like, Dasher on Dancer and they're like what the fuck is going on with this kid I did have a question about Charlie and this is something that has bothered me for a long time so Santa goes to jail yeah on Christmas Eve and they uh, they send out the like security team the like special ops of elves (laughs) ELFS and they go to find Charlie first who's stuck on a rooftop (laughs) And then they fly to go get Santa. 
how does Charlie fly? Come on, let's go save Sandy. are watching this place. Yeah, they probably are. But you see, we weren't figuring on walking out the front door. We find that we can get around a lot faster if we fly. Now, grab hold of my hand and hang on tight. And Charlie? Yeah? Don't ever try this without L supervision. I think it's like... Because they are wearing... Property, magic jet packs. They are wearing jetpacks. And then the leader is like, just hold my hand. No, no, no. You're wearing a flying machine. Well, if you really want to unravel this thing, let's take it a step back. Why are we using the sleigh at all? If jetpacks exist, why not strap Santa to a fucking jetpack? Why not send every elf out in a jetpack to deliver toys? Like Reindeer are more environmentally conscious. And you can hold things in know a sleigh. What the, we don't know what the jetpack runs on. It's not a fossil fuel, so. <laughs> how, but how do you know? There's, they're not pumping gasoline into the jetpack. It what feels if it's like, it, What if it's coal? <laughs> it feels like magic dust, Peter Pan, transit of property. Like, hold my hand, think a happy thought, and let's let's get on with it. Hmm. You know. I don't know. I'm Obviously, suspicious. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's, it's sort of like in Superman, the movie. Superman's oh. flying with Lois. He's holding her. Yeah. And then she's able to like unfurl while holding his hand. And I'm like, no. <laughs> what? You're not super. That's, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what was weird about that scene also, um, as someone who's worked on a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. um, the movie I worked on also featured a technical division of elves. Like, it was way more militaristic and, like, uh, you ever seen Arthur Christmas? Come on, guys. Animated classic. No, but I every year want to. And then I feel like I can't find it anywhere. I worked on that movie. Really? Yeah. I designed I don't know why some things in it. It appeals to me. But I never saw yeah. it when it first came out. And every year I'm like, oh, I should I should watch Arthur It's a Christmas. very good movie. It's a very good movie. It has an insane cast. Um, anywho. Uh, let's move on to Bernard, played by David Crumholtz, who probably second most famous person in this movie currently. Or does Judge uh. Reinhold take the number two spot? <laughs> currently, I think it is probably still it's probably David Crumholtz, right? Like so Tim Allen won. Yeah. I want to say Crumholtz 2, yeah. Ju- Judge Nelson 3. Judge Reinhold. Judge Nelson? Judge Reinhold, yes. Judd. <laughs> Judd. My name is Judd. Um, yeah, I think I'm old. I assumed when I went to look up how old David Crumholtz was in this movie, I was shocked to find out that he was 16. I know. Because I was like, he looks like a, he looks like he's in his 20s. But then I remembered 10 Things I Hate About You, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, he was definitely he still was a young. teenager. But I think my biggest question about Bernard is why is why does he seem to be older? Because all of the elves are actual children. Mm-hmm. They're just supposed to be like 200 years old or whatever, which I think is a great move. Like, make them look very innocent, but like they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So why is Bernard... Why is he? Why is he older? I don't know. I something to me was sort of like it, he's the like visually he's the one that Scott will 
take advice from will be like if yeah. I there's like an authority to Bernard that it's like listen to what I'm fucking telling you you put on the suit you you accepted the rules of being Santa there's no way out of it the Santa Claus and putting on the suit and entering the sleigh the wearer waves any and all rights to any previous identity real or implied oh. and fully accepts the duties and responsibilities of Santa Claus in perpetuity until such time that wearer becomes unable to do so by either accident or design what does that mean? It means you put on the suit, you're the big guy. Which I wish they would just kind of state, obviously, because there is a point where he's like, okay, well, like, who's in charge? And Bernard's like, you are. And he's like, well, who's the head elf? And he's like, well, you are. And I kind of want him at some point to be like, well, I do this, but like, you're my boss. Like, instead of just being like, we're all equal down here, when really he's a teenage boy around children. Yes. The rest of the time. <laughs> Um, no wonder he's so grumpy. I know. I act. I I didn't want to pick a teen because it's just difficult to pick a teen. So my actor is definitely probably too old for this role. Okay. But I just liked for the very reasons we criticized Crumholtz uh, for being like the old man in the workshop mm -hmm. is sort of why I wanted him because I do think it's kind of funny that there's just like a super senior <laughs> in a way. <laughs> Um, I ended up picking Jacob Batalon, who will appear in yes. Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I just think that he, like, could carry that kind of too cool for, to be an elf kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I would never make him wear that raggedy Andy wig. <laughs> um, I don't it's know so why. so true. What is that? Why, why would you wear that at all? Um, <laughs> just give him, if you want him to have long, because none of the other elves have a weird straw man yeah, hat. Yeah. <laughs> so just give him a wig they where his him hair look like is like a long. cartoon. Yeah, he looks insane. Yeah. It looks like he got a perm and then chopped up the perm <laughs> to try and make dreadlocks and then it didn't work. It's like, bad. It's so bad. What a choice. Um yeah, but I I think uh Jacob is, you know, a comedy talent in his own right and mm -hmm. and um I just think it would be fun to watch him kind of be the super serious elf who's just like, listen, dude, yeah, get in the fucking sleigh. <laughs> get in the goddamn sleigh and deliver these presents. I would actually love it if he was like <clears throat> mid-20s and had like serious anger issues. <laughs> and so he blows up all the time, but like in private. Um I think that's great. I've only I think I've only seen him in Spider-Man. He was in a Christmas movie on Netflix. Um I forget the name of it, hmm. but like Lucy Hale was in it. Kid, uh, not Kid Cuddy. Um, who's the guy? Who's the guy? What was it called? I think I've seen the cover of this film. Yeah, the kid from Dope is in it. Oh, what's his uh, name? Oh, God. He played. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let It Snow is the movie. Ah. Samik Moore, who okay. is in Dope, is in it. Kierna Shipka, uh, Odea Rush. Oh, interesting. I love a good Netflix Christmas movie. It was pretty good. I would check it out. Um, um, yeah, but he's mostly known for Spider-Man. Spider Night School with Kevin Hart. Didn't see it. Banana Split, great movie. Yeah, he's uh, hopefully... After this Spider-Man trilogy, it can go and yeah. blossom somewhere else. Uh, I think that's great. 
Thanks. I, I really like how we've brainstormed a better Bernard. <laughs> Not that Krumholtz doesn't sell it, um, but. I like Krumholtz. It's just that wig. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I do think that weirdly he's one of those characters that like if you asked young women like. When did like when did you discover your sexuality? People would probably point to Bernard. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great choice. Like, why not just get somebody who can execute maybe in a different way? So it's not like a little weird that you're like five years older than everybody else, mm -hmm. but also like stuck at that point. <laughs> anyway. Um, for my Bernard, I picked Ella J. Basco, who you may know from Birds of Prey, if you saw that. I did, and oh. I really liked it. Um, but she's also done uh, Veep, Grey's Anatomy. She is like 15. I I really loved her energy in Birds of Prey um, and just think she's super fun. She's also Dante Basco's Niece. Niece. I almost said sister. <laughs> Big Rufio energy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, I think this would be fun to have like a girl in charge and also just kind of give her the, like we talked about, like give her more purpose within yeah. the world so that we know why she's like Santa's right hand person. Because that's what Bernard seems to be. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is, I never would have thought of this person. I do remember seeing Birds of Prey and really enjoying it and, and her interaction with, um, I want to say Harley Quinn, but what is her actual name? Um, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yeah. This is really, yeah, this is really great. Two Filipinos as Bernard. Look at us. Yeah. Check us Way out. To go. Diversity. Way to go. <laughs> I, I love this pick. I didn't realize that she was the niece of, Dante Brasco. Basco? Basco. Brasco? Donnie Brasco? <laughs> Jesus, Brian. All right. Laura. Uh, Laura, played by Wendy Crewson. Um Bad mother or <laughs> <laughs> worst mother? Bad taste in men, for sure. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Both Neil and Scott have fucking issues here. Like, Oh, 100%. Neil is awful. Just... <laughs> horrible and scott is borderline abusive for real <laughs> probably it's interesting that she married neil because like charlie clearly seems to be receiving like he talks to his dad about how he's like neil and i talk about things mm -hmm. like he is in tune with his emotions he's a psychiatrist um which uh scott keeps saying like he's not a doctor he's a psychiatrist aren't aren't <laughs> Psychiatrists, or is it psychologists or doctors? Anyway. Psychologists are doctors. Um, I was just like, I think it's interesting because Laura seems to be someone who is not reaping the benefits of seeing a therapist. Like when she's right. telling Neil about how like she wrote Santa like every week for a year because she really wanted a mystery day game. And like she's expressing that. I was like, oh, wow. Like this is really something you should take into like a session with someone <laughs> and like why would neil not encourage because like she is clearly very like confused and upset about a lot of things and i don't know neil just doesn't care 
Well, you know the phrase, the cobbler's son has no shoes. I did not know that phrase. It's basically. But it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Lara. Don't you remember when you stopped believing in Santa Claus? I was Charlie's age, I guess. I, I wrote Santa a letter every week that year. Well, I mean, okay, you know, maybe, maybe not every week, but. Boy, I really wanted a mystery day game. Christmas morning came and. Oh, I got dozens of presents. Oh, I got everything except mystery date. For my Laura, I picked Kate Hudson. Oh, very cool. Um, I just. I sort of want. I would rather. Laura and Neil, I think, be more obviously comedic than personally going through a crisis in a way that we laugh at. But if you really think about it, it's not funny whatsoever. <laughs> so I just love the I can see Kate Hudson being this very like staunch, like this is what we decided to tell him. Santa Claus is not real. Why are you doing this? Like and then also going through the process of realizing like it is real and she and, and magic can, is real and yeah, yeah and he can have this relationship with his dad and like that's really changed Scott um but instead she's just so lost it's fun to <laughs> what what she just said is like if you really think about this this is from Laura's perspective from Laura's POV it would be it's it this is a character who is watching both her son and his father succumb to schizophrenia <laughs> in real time yes like it's it like both struck down by lightning with like debilitating yeah bipolar disorder like, like they had a shared delusion <laughs> right and it's horrifying yeah <laughs> uh i think that's a great pick i like kate hudson um i where where is she She's definitely on like the lifestyle brand kick. She's got the Fabletics. She's got probably, I think she has like a, a like skincare or like wellness line of some sort. She's like a guru. Yeah. (laughs) She's a guru. (laughs) Good for her. I mean, she's funny. She used to be like. She's so funny. Yeah. I think that's a great pick. I ended up picking um, Rachel Lee Cook. Fascinating. Um, sort of having a resurgence, if we want to call it that. Yeah. I mean, she kind of was living in the Hallmark movie realm, I want to say, for a little while. Like, I don't really know where what, she was. Like, what, like, procedural detective show was she on? Because she was on something. Rachel Lee Cook? Are you thinking uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt? No, I'm not thinking of Ghost Whisperer. <laughs> Horse Whisperer or Ghost Whisperer? Um, because Rachel Lee Cook, I um, swear, my parents watched this show. Rachel Lee Cook, famously the star of She's All That and mm-hmm. recently returned in He's All That, playing a completely different character. Uh, Criminal Minds, she was in a few episodes, but she wasn't really the star. Mm-mm. Oh, Perception. Perception. Who else is in that? Somebody famous. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I picked Rachel Lee Cook because I thought just like in terms of comedy, in terms of like the woman in crisis, Mm -hmm. 
Like, I, I think she could walk both those worlds pretty well. Like, uh, this is not a, I mean, I think we're both going into this, like, insane, over-the-top <laughs> kind of melodrama about the, It's becoming the body. an animal. <laughs> um, I, I just think, like, I think she could go from the cynic to the, like, believer really well. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Neil, played by b -b 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 Judge Reinhold. My name is Judge. Uh, probably <laughs> the most famous thing he's known for. Um, um, my favorite thing about Neil is that he, as we were just saying, he has a genuine crisis when he finds out that Scott really is Santa. Like, the whole time, he is sure he is on the right track because he's just like, we need to be like, we need to take this very seriously and it's really affecting Charlie and... All of this business. And so when he gets the weenie whistle and he is like, the look on his face is like he has, like he has gone into a fugue state of like <laughs> childhood. And it's so extreme because he is in such a, like it has completely blown up his entire world that Santa exists. And it is his stepson's real father <laughs> i'm sorry charlie that's okay neil you're just denying your inner child <laughs> you'll make a great psychiatrist one day kid no i think i'm going to go into the family business he the his delivery of when he opens the little like ornament <laughs> the way he's like my weenie was <laughs> like <laughs> i felt that um and so i think i think it really has to be i think you have to pick really someone special to execute neil oh well speaking of someone special i picked matthew mcfadden from succession love him tom tom womskance tom womskance poor tom i'm not fully caught up okay but uh man this week's episode was exceptional <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've said that before on this podcast, um, but it keeps getting better and better. How do you not love this guy? I don't know. I it's it's weird because like we all love him as Tom, but like this dude's been around for so long. And his, mm -hmm. I think you actually talked about him last week. Was he was he in that Pride and Prejudice you were talking about? Yep. Yeah. He is Mr. Darcy in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Um, and I think that's a great that's a great he needs to bring some Tom energy into Neil because there is something so like he is a psychiatrist. He clearly knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. But also there's no room in there for him to believe to go on a flight of fancy and right. just like let his son have his little dream. Maybe Scott's a little different because like if you really, you know, I can't I, I I'm not going to pretend I wouldn't think that my ex-husband was crazy if he came to me with this. <laughs> but I think that's really interesting because I do like him a lot. Did you ever see the movie The Assistant 2019? Oh, yes, um, I did. He plays the HR rep. Yes. And he it's such a brilliant performance because mm -hmm. like you think it's like, oh, please help this woman. Right. And he completely turns on her. And like the it's it's so like subtle and it's so slight. But mm -hmm. like as soon as it happens, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm Abort. just imagining him doing that to young Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> like is this really what you want to talk about charlie are you sure have you considered the repercussions of what this might do like of what like you know about santa claus right <laughs> right who did you pick 
Um, I picked for my Neil, because I think my idea of him is that what's weird about Judge Reinhold's performance is that he is so like genuine and I kind of want him to be a little more sly where like he gets the dynamic with Scott. Like Mm -hmm. he's not, he's not like completely missing these jokes and like he Mm -hmm. gets it and he ultimately is married to his ex-wife. And so there is something where he's, I think he gets that. It's like, Oh, this is my family until he softens to the idea that like, it, it blows up his world. That's what we want. Um, so I picked Anthony Mackie. And I think I just saw him as the sort of like slick, not necessarily like the straight man, but kind of like giving it as well as he's getting it kind yeah. of vibe. Um, and I just wanted it to be. I also kind of because <laughs> no offense to Judge Reinhold, but like. He's not very aspirational. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's wearing Cosby sweaters. And so there's something very fascinating, too, about him being like this like tall, strong man, very attractive. And Scott being like, okay, like, (laughs) no, I think I get it. I actually think that's awesome. Like, it makes more sense why she would marry Anthony Mackie versus why she would marry judge reinhold like which i thinking about it like anthony mackie is a threat (laughs) is gonna steal your woman like yeah it's it's really like i like the animosity between these men totally makes sense if neil is actually not just cool but like some ways like legitimately better yeah (laughs) than scott like honestly like better shape Uh uh-huh like smarter just as funny like yeah i i think that's a a a great i like a great way to go plus on top of that to like have an actor who can do all of the stuff at the end like that we were talking about realizing which is weird like do you ever like <laughs> after Let's this movie i kind of was like shook a little bit after this movie because like tim allen goes off to become santa claus like this is a family Mm -hmm. that now has to live with the idea that santa claus is in their family like and we have two two more movies to experience experience. that with them let's get to the last present under the tree uh guys where does bear pepper go what do you got i got mr whittle played by peter boyle me too nice Come on, businessman Barry Pepper. I almost made him the like the the first Santa Claus, the one that's murdered. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you never see him. Like you don't see his face. I mean, it and, is an accident, though. It is an accident. He has a fall. It kind of would be. There's a scene where you kind of see other Santa Clauses in the bedroom. It kind of would be mm-hmm. funny, though. Oh yeah. To see like famous people <laughs> who would become Santa Claus in some way, like. Weird idea. Um, yeah, Mr. Whittle, the boss, who takes a very concerned eye towards Scott's physical health. Oh, yeah. Which is weird. Like, that's what I do love about this <laughs> right. movie is that, like, everyone is like, hey, dog, you're gaining 100 pounds in a week. Like, what is going on? And I love the joke where he, that he comes in the work and he's, like, sort of starting to kind of <laughs> get bigger. And he's just like, oh, the bee sting. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I'd buy that. I'd buy that. Okay. Oh, 
We love it. We love a we love a classic a classic star to just make a little because Peter Boyle is big and oh, yeah. yeah he's just in there for a couple scenes. <laughs> um, do you got any anything else on this movie? I got a couple things, but if you have anything, I mean, I think I was just I would be very curious to know because. When the the night it happens, Santa falls off the roof and dies. <laughs> Scott puts on the suit, and when he makes it back, everybody is like, "We we like we knew there was going to be a new Santa. Nice to meet you, new Santa." Do they not like mourn? Oh no, they don't care. Like why? They're like beehives. They're <laughs> like we just want we need a queen to survive. That's they all like. I care about. There's like no. There's. Very little recognition to the fact that, like, whoever had been mm-hmm. Santa for however many years is no longer. Now I'm just thinking about how that's probably why Bernard is so cold to him at first, because he can't get he can't get emotionally invested in Santa's because they will die. Here's the thing. How often do they die? He might be like the first guy might have only been around a year. You know, Santa turnover might not be it might be like ice fishing or like ice fishermen. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Alaskan crab fishing, it it, it might so be the dangerous. most dangerous job. Actually, I feel like thinking about it, because I was like, what happens if Santa like falls out of the sleigh in the middle of nowhere and there's nobody there to put on the suit and it just sits because the body disappears. Mm-hmm. So then it's just like a suit sitting out there that like I'm assuming the elves would just have to come pick up. But then how do they pick a new Santa? Which is interesting because I'm imagining a world. Did you ever see that movie Clown? Directed by John Watts, director of Spider-Man. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. So in the movie Clown, a man, I think, where where do they get it? It's from like the evidence of like a police station or something like that? No, it ends up in the, it's his son's birthday. Mm -hmm. The clown cancels. He's a real estate agent and he's selling like an old house. He finds a chest in the basement with a clown costume and he goes to perform for his son's birthday. He falls asleep in it and it takes over his body and he transforms into the monster known as the cloin. Yes, I've seen clown. Yeah, yeah, I'm well familiar with its mythology. I wonder if there's a version of this movie where like the suit gets taken away and it's like, oh no, like we have to find the suit and find somebody to go in it. Mm-hmm. And ultimate, maybe it's like ultimately the person who puts it on is like somebody who's trying to like escape from prison or something. <laughs> and then the movie is about, I'm just pitching a whole different movie. That's actually. The movie is about this person like coming to understand like goodness through the eyes of Santa Claus. Yeah, if he doesn't put it on, what happens to it? And my brain is just like, there must just be a lot of lineage of just, you know, people without homes becoming Santa Claus, right? Yeah. Like, here's a coat from Goodwill or, hey, we need someone to play Santa Claus at the local church, like, Mm -hmm. Christmas thing. And then suddenly these poor schmucks are haunted with the responsibility <laughs> of being Santa Claus. It's horrifying. And what happens if they don't take the job? Like the Santa Claus, very clever mm. with the naming of the movie. Mm-hmm. The Santa Claus is that when you put on the suit, you agree. Ooh, different pitch. The person who puts on the suit then takes the elves to court. 
<laughs> it's just a legal procedural <laughs> to get out of being. He's Santa a Claus. lawyer, and he said, "I d- this is not a binding clause." This is great. I would totally watch this. <laughs> this is amazing. Honestly, why am I not a working writer right know. now? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Hire me, please. My last bit of trivia. I guess there's a scene in the movie where Tim Allen says a line where he go he says the num- phone number 1-800-SPANK-ME. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And was later taken out of the movie because kids <laughs> kept calling it, right? And then Disney, pro- <laughs> they, they removed it and Disney promised to buy the number. Right. Because it was like a... a it's a sex phone. Yeah. Yeah. Phone sex hotline. <laughs> So I have to admit, 20 minutes before you got here. <laughs> Did you call it? I called 1-800-SPANK-ME. What was it? Do you want to hear it? Sure. Oh, my gosh. How exciting. Parents, if you're listening to this with children, just <laughs> maybe pause, turn it off, turn it down. Hey, baby. I love the party. <laughs> and I have enough energy to keep you hard all night long. <laughs> yeah. I may be young, but I have the sweetest tits you've ever had your mouth on, baby. Okay. (laughs) So they never bought it. They never shut it down. 1-800-SPANK-ME, still up and running. Wow. Still kicking it. Wow. So. uh, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I have no other notes. I guess we'll end our Christmas episode (laughs) with that graphic phone sex hotline voicemail oh boy all right guys thank you so much for joining us this year on rebooted i know we were kind of in and out i know mom and dad weren't home as much as they used to be but uh you know we're just busy folks but uh, next year uh we're gonna be back we have we have a lot of episodes there's there's too much rebooting to be done and who's gonna do it hollywood probably probably without us give them enough time But we'll be back next year, so uh, if you miss us in between, please check out our past episodes. We got a bunch of them. They ain't going anywhere. So, uh, Kenna, where can people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify as well now. Um, Or wherever you get your podcasts, stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out. Really for real. You can also find us on social media at RebootedPod on Twitter and at RebootedPod on Instagram. It's the same everywhere. You don't even have to think about it. Yeah. It's a one-stop shop. We've on made it needs. easy for you. Why are you like? Why are you it's complaining? All, stop complaining. <laughs> yeah. All right. Why are you making this so difficult? It's been a hard year. It's Christmas time. Let's feel this. this Don't you see how much we love you? <laughs> this is just how we show we love you. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Have a great holiday season. Have a happy new year, and we will see you next time. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. say you look pretty good for your age thanks but i'm seeing someone in wrapping <laughs>